You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I started a series last week, starting out 2015, and we're talking about purpose. Finding a life of purpose. And I, and I started out, I kicked off the series with uh, the idea that we want to experience God's purpose for our lives. And we, we, we found from Jeremiah that... Everyone is born with a God-inspired purpose. And what happens throughout our life is that the devil, the flesh, the world is trying to take God's purposes and steal them from us and detour us from, from living a life that honors God. Amen? Anyone ever got off course in life? No, not any of us, right? But, but, and then we, we also found out that in our, in our experiencing God's purpose, that one of the barriers that we have is we make excuses, right? Jeremiah said, I'm too young. I, I, I'm slow to speak. I, I really can't do the things you've called me to do, Lord. And, and what we see from Scripture is God told him, Jeremiah, I am going to do these things through you. And I think that's vital for us to grab a hold of is that, that the Lord is wanting us to grab a hold of the fact that God fulfills his purposes through us, but it's his power, it's, it's his direction, it's his guidance. And, and so we, we have to understand that we cannot live our lives making excuses. Well, we can, but if you do that, if you live your life making excuses, you'll never experience the purposes of God. And you get to the end of, the, uh, uh, the end of your journey in life and you're going to have a lot of what ifs. I should have done this. I should have done that. My prayer is that we get to the end of our road and we can be like the Apostle Paul and we, we can say, I ran the race. I finished the course. Now what is laid up for me and set aside for me is the crown of life which the, the Lord is going to give me at that, that day of his appearing. And those crowns, we're going to lay them at the feet of Jesus. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful thing. So um, I want to transition and move, move, take another step and, and, and go from experiencing God's purposes to embracing God's purposes. Because we have to embrace them. We have to say, I, I want to make these purposes a part of me. And, and, and as we pray for two individuals' second service, we, we will see that they are embracing the purposes of God in their life. Steve and David are going to embrace the purposes of God in their lives. And, and uh, Steve, you know, from past experience, you can probably reflect and, and, and see where you maybe have made excuses in, in your life and maybe, maybe walked away or ran away from the things of God. David, <clears throat> in your life, you, there might have been times that you've made excuses. In fact, <clears throat> from our conversation, David said, I never dreamt, first of all, that I would ever be in Oracle, Arizona. His, his, his ventures, his, kind of his life story is he was born in Mexico City, or he, he, can't, he, will, he lived in Mexico City. There's a city of 20 million people, right? He moves to Dallas, Texas, and, uh, and grows up there, and then he ends up in Salmon, Arizona, and Oracle. There's a little bit of a difference right there. And, and at the same, you know, when you think about that, we just don't know What's going to happen? I, I can't get ahead of myself because that's where, my, that's where my, this passage is going to take us. Exactly the point I want to make right there. So i got to hold it, break. Let's go to the word because I want us to look at uh, the story of Joseph. And from that, we will see how Joseph embraced the purposes of God. So I want for us to open up our Bibles or your, or your uh, smart device, and we're going to go to uh, Genesis chapter 45, and I am going to start reading in verse 4. 
and I'm going to read up to verse 8. And let me just give you a little bit of background. What happens here is that Joseph has become the second in command of Egypt. Now, Egypt was the conquering nation of all the world at that time. It was, it was the most powerful nation of all the world. And, and Joseph got traded. He got sold into slavery by his brothers. Wonderful guys. And so Joseph now, there's, there's a lot that's been going on as they come to, to Egypt because there was a famine and, and people were starving all over the world. And God had used Joseph to give Pharaoh advice and interpret a dream to, to let him know that, that they were going to have seven years of prosperity in Egypt. And then there were going to be seven years of great famine all over the world. And so when, when he said that to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, this guy's got the spirit of God on him. We've got to make him the, the uh, overseer of everything except for me. And he gave him his signet ring. He gave him all his, you know, the authority that he has. And everything that Joseph said was like if Pharaoh said it. So his brothers come before him and, and they're standing there. And, uh, and, and Joseph's talking to him, And they have no idea that that's their brother whom they betrayed and hurt and all these things. So I'm going to pick up where Joseph makes himself known to them. And they are going to freak out. But let's pray first. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray your blessing over it, Lord God. We pray that as I speak, you give me clarity. Give us understanding as a group here today. And uh, Lord, as we see a snippet of your word, I pray that we can just grasp it and make it a part of our lives and embrace the purpose that you have for us. Our purpose may not be like Joseph's purpose, but you have a purpose for us. And so we want to embrace that, and we want to be the best that we can be for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the Bible says, uh, then Joseph said to, a, to his brothers, please come closer to me. And so they came closer because they were, uh, they were scared to death. They didn't know who he was. And he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now I want you all to just think what is going on in the minds of his brothers. Because first they were going to kill him. Then they put him in a pit. And then uh, Judah says, no, we better not do this. And so they ended up selling them to, to this Ishmaelite. And, and they took him to Egypt. Okay, so, so they're, they're, like, they're like this. They're like some of you looking at me right now. And now, and then he keeps on talking. And now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves. Because they're not going to be angry with Joseph, because if they are, he can kill them. Are you with me? Don't be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. And I love that. It's like, it's like Peter, when, when Peter talks to the, to, to the leaders of Israel, and he said, we're doing these miracles in the name of Jesus, whom you crucified. Right? He had a backbone. And weeks before that, Peter was saying, I don't even know who this Jesus is. It's the same, same kind of a background. Joseph saying, don't be angry at yourself. Don't be grieving because of you, you selling me into slavery. He said, for God sent me before you to preserve life. That's, that's a highlight in your in your Bible. That's an underline. You, have you ever, do you ever highlight your Bibles? You guys ever write in your Bibles? You know, that's something that you, you, you can highlight in your smart device. You know, God, he said, God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the, in the land these two years, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting, because there's a great famine. There's disaster in the land. There's nothing growing. And God sent me before you to, pre to preserve for you a remnant in the earth. In other words, Israel was going to be a people. To, the, to this modern day, Israel is a people, and they're a people because God sent Joseph to Egypt to save his people. Are you with me? So this even speaks to us in modern days. 
and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. How many of you know that God delivers us greatly? No matter what we're going through, God delivers us greatly. And he says, now therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh. Now the word there for father is the Hebrew word ab. It's where we get the word abba. Okay? And so what that word means is, of course, father. But it means maybe governor. It could be used for that as well. It could be used as one who is an authority. One who, of high respect. So he said, made me a father to Pharaoh, a, a, an advisor, a counselor, and lord of all his household, and the ruler over the land of Egypt. And what we see right there is, is Joseph embraces the purpose of God. He embraces the plan of our Father. And it's something that we really need to grab a hold of because I'm going to question you today. Are you embracing the purposes of God? There's four things. There's four things that just jump out at me from this passage right here. And I'm going to talk to you about them, okay? And you're going to say, oh, yeah, pastor, I see that right there. First of all, we embrace God's purpose with number one, embrace God's purpose with the understanding that we never know where the road of life is going to take us. One thing that we all find out is that the journey of life has many twists and many turns. And we don't know where this next twist and this turn is going to take us. We just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. In fact, I don't know what's going to happen an hour after church. There are things that happen in our life that we have no idea. And when we're on this journey of life, we have to be ready to anticipate and trust that God is with us no matter what we're going to face on the other side. One day things are going well, and the next thing you know, we get blindsided. One day Joseph was getting a multicolored coat. One day uh, uh, um, uh, Israel, Jacob, comes to me and says, look what I made you. Look what I made you. And all his brothers, do you wonder why his brothers hated him? Because Israel loved him. And gave him favor and, 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 and picked him up here. And his brothers were like, it's not fair. And he gave him this coat. So one day Joseph is, is, is putting on this coat in front of all his brothers. And everything is good. Next, next thing he knows, he's going out to check on him. And they plot, how are we going to kill this guy? I hate him. I hate him. And, and, and so... He did not know that he would end up in that place. And after his jealous brothers contemplated how they'd kill him, the Bible says that Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and we cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and, and, and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. See, Judah came to his senses. Everyone else had so much jealousy and hatred. They were ready to kill him right there and then. And his brothers agreed. So, so when the, the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern because he had been put in a pit. And they sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Now that tells us how Joseph ended up in the land of Egypt. Not only was Joseph's life rocked in one day, he ended up in a place that he never knew. When they were taking him by carriage, by wagon, by horse, it doesn't tell us. But whatever route he was taking, all the way over there, he was thinking, I've never been here before. I've never seen this before. Have you ever gone to a place that you've never been before, beloved? It's usually... A time where you're, you have a, a, some anxiety, where you have some, some, some kind of anxious thoughts, because it's a place that is unchartered to you. Have you ever, think about this, 
Joseph, he was a free man. He was a young man. He was a happy man. Next thing you know, he's not a free man anymore. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know the language. And he ends up in a destination that he didn't pick for himself. What does that tell us about our lives? It tells us that there are some times that things happen in our world. There are times that things happen in our sphere that we have no idea. And I'm going to say something else. We have no control over. Have you ever woken up and said to yourself, how in the world did I ever get here? Maybe in our finances. Maybe in your emotions, your emotional state. Maybe with a habit. Maybe you, you, maybe you picked up a vice and at first it wasn't a vice. And you wake up one day. And you wonder, how did I get here? Why is this needle hanging out of my arm? Why can't I put these pills down? Why can't I stop drinking this? You're in a place that you never thought you'd get to. exactly what is going on with Joseph. You see, we just don't know where the road of life is going to take us. And what I know for sure is that most of us are either coming out of something we didn't expect, we're living in something we didn't expect, or we have, or we're getting ready to go into a place that we didn't expect. Are you with me? We're going down this road of life. We're going down this journey. And there are things that are coming at us that we do not expect. It teaches us that we just don't know where the road of life is going to take us. So about two and a half years ago, it seems like yesterday though, about two and a half years ago, I got a call. They said, your sons have been in an accident. They're outside of Winkham, and Jacob started calling and texting and saying, we're, we're here. Got ambulances here. You know, we're, we're, they're going to put us in an ambulance. And so Sean and I, you know, mama, come on. And dad, you know, yeah, let's go. We just don't know. So we rush down. We, we go to, to Winkleman. We get, we get to Winkleman, and right as... Before you come into the town of Winkleman, coming from, from the Globe side, there's a, there's a big curve. And the trucks, the Asarco trucks, they, they pull into where they, uh, where they uh, pick up uh, copper and things. And so this truck was, was, was turning. And so, of course, the trucks have to slow down. Well, there's a blind curve, and people are coming 55, 60 miles per hour, coming out of by, right next to the Gila River. And, and, they're, and, and as, as they're coming, you know, if someone stopped... But not only did that truck stop, but there were four or five cars behind it that had to make a stop as it turned. And the, 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 the vehicle right in front of my sons, uh, Jacob was driving his truck, and the vehicle right in front of my sons was uh, a police officer. And so they all stopped. My son stopped, slowed down, was re getting ready to stop, and, and a car came around the curve and hit him at 55 miles per hour. Rear-ended them. Pushed my, my uh, the, the, the kid's uh, vehicle, you know, should have hit the police officer. He somehow steered his way out of it and went into the, into the uh, median and, and, and came out of that. But, but from that, uh, you know, they, 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 uh, they, the people in back you know, totaled car that my son's truck was totaled. Well, we come off of the mountain and there's about eight, at least eight uh, emergency vehicles, you know, three ambulances, there's five police officers, and we're driving, and all you see is lights. 
My wife just starts praying, and, and we drive there, and, and they, they got them on the gurney. They're cutting their clothes, and, and, and uh, some of you guys probably didn't know about this because we didn't announce it, and we didn't put it on Facebook. One time we didn't put something on Facebook. Called one of our family members. I said, do not put anything on Facebook. And so we, we, we get there, and, and, and they, they, they're cutting their, their, their clothes off, and they were, they were fine. My son, my, my older boy, JJ, had, had hit the, the, the windshield, and the amazing thing about that was that he was, they were driving down, and he said, I, I, I said Dad, I heard a, a, a small, still voice tell me, put your seatbelt on. And he said, I, 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 I usually have my seatbelt on, but I, I wasn't wearing it, and I had this sm small, still voice. He said, so amazing, that said, put your seatbelt on. And I, it felt so strong. Put your seatbelt on. That saved them from going through the windshield. So they, put, they took them off the gurney. They air-backed them from, from, uh, from Winkleman. They air-backed them to University Hospital and were there. But, and, and they're still, you know, praise the Lord, they, they were fine. But it altered their life. It altered our life. They'll never, every time we pass through that area, I know for myself, I give God thanks. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about because I've spoken to some that have been in an in, in a, in a accident where you, you, you have your license plate that you still hold on to because God saved you. You know who I'm talking to right now. We still have the license plate that we have in, in our in our garage that we still, we hold on to. And every time I look at that, I say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Now, it was a testimony because people, the, the emergency uh, responders, police officers, they were amazed. Because when I got there, they, they, most of them know me. They've been to funerals. They've, they've heard me speak. Or, and, they, and they're saying, you know what? We should have known. They said, look, let me show you something, Pastor. They go to the back of the truck, and there was a dove, a piece of the dove. And they said, everything else is wrecked except for that. You know God's hand was on it. Now, I'm not saying anything. The police are talking. They're saying, they're witnessing for us. But we never know where the road of life is going to take us. Can I tell you that, uh, I want you to think about this. When Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery... They were in the moment. They never imagined that there would be a famine so great in the land of Canaan that they would have to go to Egypt. And more than that, they never imagined that this young man, this young brother, that they were selling into slavery, that they were going to have to face him as the ruler of the Egyptians. Are you with me? There are things that happen in our lives, beloved, that sometimes we have to face. There are things that we go through that you think that's behind us. Can I tell you, sometimes it's not behind us. Sometimes we have to face it. And we've got to embrace it with the love and the grace of God. You see, these sons, think about how the brothers were. Think about how Judah and Reuben and all of the other uh, Israelites, uh, the Israel brothers, were, were, they were shocked. And Joseph, tell, uh, Joseph says uh, to his brothers, please come closer to me. Please come closer. Now, they didn't know who he was. Come closer. Come closer. A little bit closer. Now, he was, he was shaved like an Egyptian. He was, he was strutting the, the, the Egyptian garments. He says, come, come. And, and can you imagine how they came? They were probably like this. What is he going to do? Who is this? And he says to them, look at me. Look, I'm your brother Joseph. Now, only Joseph would have known that he was Joseph. You know, my brother would say, hey, I'm Chicha. I'm Johnny. I'm Johnny. You guys know a lot of Johnnies, but you don't, you don't know a chicha. I know a chicha. He said, I'm, I'm Joseph. 
whom, whom you, you, dude, you sold me into slavery. You never know where the road of life is going to take you. So it teaches us that we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we do know who holds tomorrow. So how do you apply this? Pastor, what do I do with this? Let me give you an application on this first point. First of all, don't get discouraged when there are detours in your life journey. The first thing that happens when things don't go the way we want is we say, oh man, this is horrible. I put this on Facebook. I love that. I just, the Lord gave me this. Embrace the reality that with every twist and turn on the road of life, there are lessons to be learned and there's faith that can be exercised in Christ. You can apply this to your life. As hard as it is for us to see or grasp, sometimes every twist and turn is a tutor. It's an educator for our lives. Every circumstance is an opportunity for you and me to exercise faith in Jesus. Number two, trust God to be your source of direction and strength. Amen? No matter what you're going through, trust God. Get your eye off of that circumstance and say, Lord, you're in control. I love what Proverbs 69 says. We can make our plans, and we do, but the Lord determines our steps. We, I mean, I, we plan out the year at Living Word Chapel, but guess what? Sometimes we got to tweak it because God says, nah, uh Amen? The second thing I want to talk about, you embrace God's plan with the awareness that people will let you down on the journey. You embrace God's plan. You embrace God's purposes with the awareness that people are going to let you down on the road of life. One of the hardest things in life is being let down by people. One of the most difficult things in our lives is being hurt by people. So, so Joseph, he found favor with Potiphar, and, and Potiphar was this great governor of Egypt, and, and Potiphar loved Joseph, and, and, and so did his wife. Let me say that again, because it just went over your heads. Potiphar loved Joseph, and so did his wife. She loved Joseph too. Every time he walked by, she went, whew. <laughs> like the way I did that. <laughs> but when, when, when she twisted and, 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 and connived and, 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 and distorted what was really going on, the Bible says that Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So she had misaligned it. She had, she had distorted it. She had, she had completely lied. So he took Joseph and he threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. What we find is that sometimes people will lie about us because they don't get their way. Sometimes people will turn on us. Have you ever been in a situation and someone that you care about, that you've been loyal to, turns their back on you? Even if it's just for one moment? I'll never forget one of the, one of the, one of the things that happened to me where I just really, this, this, this passage hit home was when we started our ministry and we went through a situation and, and some of the people that were so close to us did things that were very uncharacteristic of them. And I was in awe. 
And I sat back in my seat one time, and, and Shauna and I went through a difficulty because God had to teach us, no matter what you're going through, God's going to be teaching you that he's going to remain faithful even when people don't. And one of the greatest lessons that I learned in life is that, you know what, sometimes people will turn on you even when they're the most loyal to you. Even when they don't feel like it. Because later on, that person came to me and said, I don't even know why we did that. I said, I do. Because God wanted, me, wanted to teach me that he will remain faithful no matter what. Amen? See, that's something you need to grab a hold of, beloved. That people will hurt you on the road of life. So Joseph, you know, everywhere he went, he, he did everything he could to be a blessing. And he goes to, to prison and, and, and he interprets dreams. And there's this baker and this uh, cupbearer that come to him. And, and, they, and they want their dreams interpreted. And he does. And so the cupbearer was blessed because he told him exactly what was going to happen. And the, and, the, and the baker was blessed because he told him what was going to happen. But he, but he wasn't blessed because he... <laughs> Pharaoh killed him. But the cupbearer said, oh, I'll never forget you, Joseph. And guess what? He got to his place, and he forgot about Joseph for two years. For two, and here's the amazing thing when you read the Bible, is that you'll read about this story. It's one little, one little verse, and that one little verse takes up two years. Isn't that like our lives? When you tell your story, have you ever told your story, and it's about 20 years of life, and you say it in about five minutes? So the Bible tells us that, that, that Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, he forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, bro. Thank you for helping me. Later. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thank you for that help, bro. You want me to help you? Chale. You need to understand that in life, people are going to let us down. The Apostle Paul, he was writing to Timothy, and he said this, he said, he said this to Timothy. He said, Alexander the coppersmith, he named him by name. He said, he, this is the guy, you know, the copper dude, the guy that, that, that does copper work, that Alexander, let me, he did me much harm. He did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him. For what he has done. Does anyone in here have someone in your life that has done you some harm? You have to raise your hand. The Bible tells us that that happens. But the Bible also says that the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Can I tell you something, beloved? It is very important that we give people to God. Because if we don't you don't know how to deal with it the way you should. Amen? And so, and so you, you, you have to grab a hold of, of how important that is, that God will judge and he'll repay the right way. Something we're incapable of doing. I got an application for that too. Here, here's what I would say. How do we deal with that when people treat us the wrong way? The first thing is don't put unrealist, unrealistic expectations on people around you. You want to set yourself up for failure? Put unrealistic expectations on people. Because let me say something that, is, that, that can be a revelation to you. People are not perfect. And neither are you. You ever got mad at your wife or your husband? You ever said, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. Well, believe it. Believe it. And guess what? You've done worse. And the day's just getting started. So don't put unrealistic expectations. The second thing is don't expect everyone to embrace God's plan for your life. Sometimes when you, when you give your lives to Jesus and you embrace his pet plan, people are not going to be happy. I and Shauna, I don't know if that's good English, Shauna and I, 
we lost all of our friends when we gave our life to Christ. We gained them back through the Lord. And now they're not our friends. Many of them now are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you with me? You need to understand that you don't win your friends by being popular and agreeing with everything they're doing. When they're doing something that's contrary to God, you have to take a stand. I love the way that Winston, Winston Churchill put it. Great leader, great general. He said, you have enemies? Good. That means you stood up for something sometime in your life. You see... You need to understand that anytime we make a choice or we take a stand, there will be people that aren't going to be happy. Amen? So do we stop taking a, taking a, uh, do we stop taking a stand? No. Do we agree with everything? You know, do we, oh, it's okay. You want to live your life like this? You want to, you know, you want to have uh, uh, three boyfriends? You, uh, do you want to uh, abuse your, your girlfriend? You, go, yeah, do it. Are you kidding me? You take a stand, amen? Take a stand for the things that God takes a stand for. The Bible says that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Every person that will walk with Jesus, you will be persecuted for doing the things that honor God. If you honor God, he'll honor you. But people, won't be all, people will not always be happy. You're quiet in here. Number three, we embrace God's purpose with the assurance that God's purposes are intended to provide life. No matter how bad things look on the journey of life, one thing that you need to hold on to is that God is working behind the scenes always to produce life. Amen? God is not ever trying to destroy your life. No matter what that turn and twist, no matter what we're going through. I prayed with two people this week. One person, one person is, is, is very close to, to their destination and graduation to go be with the Lord. And one of the comments that was said to me that, that mentioned this week is, why is God punishing me? You see, when we're going through those twists and turns, the first thing that comes to our mind, why am I going through this? Why am I, why am I suffering? Why is God doing this to me? No, no. God is always producing life. The other conversation I had was with a young person. Got cancer. Cancer all over his spine. Called me and said, Pastor, uh, I think that because of the way I live my life, I think that's probably why I'm going through this. You know, I, 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 just, I just really haven't done things like I needed to. And I said, well, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is that, that no matter what we're going through in this, in this earth, because it's not heaven, it's not a perfect place, and that there's diseases, there's conditions that be, they, they befall us, they come upon us. And that God, he took, he took your pain, he took your disease, he took everything to the cross so that one of these days, because you trust in him, he's going to raise you from the dead, and you will never, ever, ever suffer again. See, that's what the gospel says. Amen? And I said, you know what? God can heal you. I believe with all my heart. God can heal you right now, but I already believe you're healed. Whether you, you're healed here or you're healed, the next step you take in eternity with Jesus forever. But God's not here to destroy us. God's always in our lives to produce life you know when we look at the cross through carnal eyes through our flesh it looks like it, it looks like it doesn't make any sense in fact the bible says the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction but we who are being saved we know that it is the very power of god you, you with me the cross the cross of Jesus Christ is the hope of eternal life, and it's the answer to an abundant life. 
Joseph never abandoned the plan God had for him, even when he did not understand it. Beloved, I want you to think about something right now. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've gone through. But let me tell you something. Don't try to understand everything that's going on around you. Just have faith in the God that's over it. Joseph said to his brother, see, Joseph got it, beloved. Joseph got it. 20 years. It was 20 years plus in the time that he was sold into slavery and he met his brothers. And do you not think in those 20 years that he was thinking, you know what? If I ever run across him. Any of us ever gone through that? You know, you're, you, 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 you go through something, someone hurts you, someone abandons you, someone, someone slanders you, and you think to yourself, man, if I, if I could just, if I could just get him. And then the Holy Spirit starts to work. And the Holy Spirit starts to work on us. And the Holy Spirit starts to work on us. And you say, oh, Lord, yes, I know that. You know, have you ever talked to God, you know, and you get those thoughts and it's the Lord. It's, he's telling you to love them. Bring life. Bring life into their, into their, their dead existence. Bring life. And you hear that, that small, still voice and you go, I say that all the time. I'm, yeah. I don't really want to do that, Lord, but if you think it's best. Yeah, so, so Joseph, Joseph, he got it. He, 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 he grabbed a hold of it. He says, God sent me before you to preserve life. You see, what Joseph could have done is he could have killed all his brothers. But then the nation of Israel would be no more. Are you with me? God's plan was bigger than Joseph's problem. And his plan is bigger than what we're going through. I just love the way, um, I just love the way that uh, Jeremiah, that the Lord spoke to him as well. And the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, and it's a promise to Israel, but it's a promise to everybody. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. I know the purposes that I have for you, the Lord said to him. And he said, these are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. These are plans to give you hope and plans to give you a future. See, that's God, beloved. God always comes into our life to give us life. God always uses us in other people's lives to give them life and hope. A future. You notice that? Not destruction. Not, tra not, not for us to be devastated, but for us to preserve. How do we apply this? I got to move fast, guys. I got to move fast. How do we apply this? We, we take measures to be a part of God's construction crew and not the devil's destruction crew. And you have to take measures to do that. Amen? Because in our flesh, we really sometimes want to be a part of the devil's destruction crew and then call it God's. Amen? The Bible says, in your anger, do not sin and don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't, don't, don't let the sun go down. Make, make, make up. The second thing, that, how you can apply it, forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Don't, don't let it fester. Don't let it grow. Don't let it become cancerous. Don't feed it. Don't let other people feed it. 
Forgiveness is not when you feel like doing it. It's a choice that we have to make. You'll never feel like forgiving someone that hurt you. Never. I, I, I mean, I'm just going to wait till I feel like forgiving them. I just, I, I, well, it's not today. Maybe next week. No, no, it's not that day. You forgive quickly because forgiveness, you are hooked to that circumstance and that person. You let, the, you let the hook off and you say, God, I give them to you. I forgive them for what they've done. This is how it made me feel. And, you, and God's going to visit those emotions. You're, you're going to hurt. Your heart's going to go all over the place. And then God's going to say, I'm going to heal you right there. And God will never let anyone off his hook until things are done right. You with me? Number three, the third application is you, you go the extra mile to reveal God's love. You go the extra mile to reveal God's love. If, uh, here's some homework. I want you guys to read the, the story of Joseph. It starts in about Genesis 38 and ends in Genesis 50. Read it, it this week. And look at how God, how he goes the extra mile. And Joseph, he uses him to his, for his brothers. And not only does he give them grain so that they can have food to eat, he gives them much, much more. He loved them. He loved them. He loved them. And we can only do that through God. My last point. Embrace God's purpose with the reliance that God has the power to fulfill his good purposes through you. It is so important to understand that in every person's life, God is working and he desires for all of us to embrace his power of restoration. And that power is first to res be restored through, him, uh, through Christ in a living relationship with the Father. And then after that, he wants to restore our relationships that are broken on earth. Hear me now. He wants for us to restore our relationship that is broken with the Father. And after that, he wants to restore relationships that are broken on earth. You got, you, you see that? Through every twist and turn in Joseph's life, we see the power of God working. No matter how bad things would turn out, God's power was revealed. With Potiphar, the Bible says that the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and he granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So everywhere that Joseph went, and beloved, I believe this for every one of God's children, that everywhere we go, that he will give us favor if we embrace his purposes. No matter where you're working at, no matter what your family circumstance, God will give you favor because he's God. How do we apply this last point? Let me just go to the application. The first thing I would say to you is you need to trust that God sees the big picture of your life. All you do is you see what you're in right now. You see the circumstance. You see the day-to-day, -day, but God sees it all. God knows the beginning from the end. You see, we, either, we are either going to trust God or we're going to live a life of uncertainty and bitterness. We're either going to live our life saying, God, he's got this. Or you're going to live your life saying, what am I going to do? Notice the difference. What am I going to do? Or, God, he's got this. Big difference. God, he's got it. He's got this. The last, the last words that Joseph spoke in the book of Genesis right before he died is this. He talked to his brothers and he said, as for you, you meant evil against me. You see, the Bible doesn't candy coat things. We do. Sometimes, you know, people hurt us and we say, ah, oh, you really didn't mean it. Yes, he did. Sometimes people mean it. Sometimes people do things. Sometimes we've done things that 
Yeah, I mean, you might, you might sugarcoat it. Oh, I really didn't mean it. Yeah, you did. That's what Joseph said. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. That's Genesis 50-20 should be something that you should have in your heart. You should grab a hold of. It should be something that you should, it should be a, 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 a verse that's a life verse. Because when people do things to us, they might mean evil, but God will turn it for good. The second application is embrace the fact that God has the power to even turn tragedy into good. I'm talking about personal tragedy. I'm talking about family disasters. I'm talking about wrecked marriages. I'm talking about lost jobs, personal injury, facing phobias, suffering sickness. That's just a bit of we face in life. But the Bible says that we know that in all things, we know that in all things, God is working. God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. There is not a thing that we go through. There is nothing that we will face that when we trust God, he will be with us every step of the way and he will turn it into good for his glory. I don't care what it is. how powerful our God is. You never know where the road of life is going to take you. But you can know who you're going to take on your road of life. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. God, thank you for providing us with true purpose for living. Without you in my life, Lord, it seems that I'm just chasing after the wind. And today, I've learned that I don't know where the road of life is going to take me. But you do. And when I embrace your purposes, I can have the assurance that you'll be there for me when people abandon me. You'll be there with me when the journey of life will throw twists and turns that are difficult. Even when, the tr even when tragedy, Lord, will come upon me, you have the power to turn it into good for your purpose and plan. So I choose to live my life trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord, believing that your plan is greater than mine and embracing your purposes from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.